What's up, everybody? Welcome to Chrissy Chaos. With me, as always, is Mike Cannon, who's What's dressed up? like Wilma from the Flintstones. We have Wreck-It <laughs> Ralph, Vito Kalis is here, and then Jihadi Johnny is not here because he is at his first sonogram. His girl is pregnant. So, listen, the chaos is here. We're in the middle of a deep freeze in the winter. Yeah, it's brutal. I was I fought major subway delays today to get here, and I, I had this thought mm-hmm. where I was getting angry. And I was saying, it's too cold to be on the train. I don't want to be on the train. And then in my head, I start to say, I shouldn't even be on the train. I work too hard. I sold out Radio City. I should not be on the train. And then hand to God, I look over to my left. And guess who's standing next to me? John Leguizamo. No kidding. One of the most famous actors of our day is on the subway next to me. Wow. So I'm like, Was he yeah. writing a strongly worded open letter about inclusion? <laughs> yes. Yes. He was wearing his shirt. He was wearing the AOC text to Rich Dress. <laughs> does, he any, does he work anymore? Or does he only just write things about only how there writes- should be only Spanish people in movies? Yeah. He. <laughs> he big time me once. It's serious. John Leguizamo. Did? John Leguizamo. So I defi- he just done he just done an interview, and we needed him to film a vine, mm-hmm. which as you know is seven seconds. Yeah. I said, hey man, we're doing this thing. Do you have a quick seven seconds to record this? He goes, ah, you know what, man, I'm actually pretty tired. I, I think I'm just gonna head out in a second. And I was like, this thing is seven seconds, and you actually don't even speak. You just stand there. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, like I said, pretty tired. <laughs> Listen. You should have just filmed them on the spot. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I have two. One, yes, I could see how that's big timing. And I and I think the people who are saying that's big timing are as correct as the other people who might be thinking, well, he's an actor, he's tired. And I think John Leguizamo is one of those guys who I think I've heard him in the interviews and I've been trying to adopt this. If it's not a fuck yes, it's yeah. a no. Oh. So for him, that must have been not a fuck yes. So he must have said it's a no then, and it's just a no, and I don't care what you think of me. So, but but on the same hand, yeah, he did. It is kind of big timing you, but karma comes back because then he's next to me on the E train, <laughs> <laughs> which actually went onto the G line, that's and fun. that's why there were all these problems switching alphabets. Yeah, so very you know very local. I, there's there's part yeah. of me that both. So it, my instant reaction to that as somebody who gets routinely disrespected throughout his day is and the youtube comments yeah as seething (laughs) bubbling rage right like instantly just wanting to fight john leguizamo but then another part of me feels like that's the type of boundary i would like to set with certain people that come up to me that i don't know and are asking something of me that i don't want to do but when you're on a press tour in a building that's good point that's my that's it's if i came up to him randomly in the street and i just said can you do this but you're literally at a place doing press at like a few different shows because you're trying to push your thing now right. I'll tell you a flip side of the it's coin. It's like doing humanitarian work and like giving back a baby because it's ugly. Yeah. <laughs> the nicest I dealt with, Chris Pratt, and this was like peak Chris Pratt. Jesus like, guy. Gu- yep. Big Jesus guy. Guardians of the Galaxy is like just came out. His agent or his PR person said, no, no video today. And then he turned to her and he said, I think this will be fun. And she goes, Chris, we're not doing video today. And then he looked her in the face and said, I think it's going to be fun. I like to have fun. Let's do it. Let's wow. have fun. That's what it is. And that's why you should vote Republican. This election. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how you can tell Anna Ferris wasn't a good time. Yes. <laughs> Dude, speaking of that, voting Republican, you know that DeSantis, DeSantis dropped out yeah. and is now supporting Trump. So I, I don't see any other logical thing. It's Trump. Or the lady, right? Yeah, but I think that She's now that DeSantis yeah, is, yeah. DeSantis was the second closest, right? So now it's yeah. going to be Trump versus Biden. It's uh, run it back, baby. Run it back. But my thing is like, okay, I get that the debates don't matter. I get I get that. But the way I look at it now is like, and I did say this on Bill Maher and they cut it out, is, <laughs> is, 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 is okay, because I know some hardcore liberals, and I know the Republicans are going to vote for him no matter what, but I'm talking about the liberal people, the center left. Sure. The center left now, I know about Biden, you know, uh, uh, you know, they might not vote for him because they're like, look at the migrant situation. They blame it on him. He's too old, whatever. So that's the center left. Then the radical left, yeah. the all the way left, who you think no matter what, they are bleeding for Joe Biden because he's a Democrat. 
are actually against him because they blame him for Israel and they're saying you're supporting Israel, yeah. which is supporting genocide, we're pro-Palestine. Well, and they also think that the border thing should be more fluid. <laughs> right, so who's voting for Biden? We know everybody who's a Trump supporter is voting. Yeah. So then who is voting for Joe Biden? It, no one. Right, so then what What? It, what happens I mean, here? the only people that are voting for him are the, it, it's, it's the, it's the Democrats game of like, you're not voting for our guy, you're voting against the other guy. You're voting for so, our party. Yeah, it's not, it has nothing to do because they also are more or less winking to the camera that this guy is a cadaver that's being held <laughs> up by fishing line. Yeah. So it's like, what the hell are they going to They're like, hey guys, you know, we get it that he's a puppet, but don't worry, the left will run it and it's yeah. all this shit. But it's all fear tactics because they're like, we don't want like Roe v. Wade to be overturned. It's like, it already was yeah. while you were in power. Yeah. There's everything that you said that you stand for is already crumbling in front of you. Yep. There's no real reason besides fear to vote for you. Right. You have nobody that even can string together a solid fucking sentence that is at the forefront of your party. Yeah. And what the hell is going on? We're guess, running it back with two geezers. Guess who the Democrats, the only choice they have to represent their party in this Democratic primary is John Leguizamo. <laughs> <laughs> it's John Leguizamo. If John Leguizamo was head of the DNC, I actually would vote for him just because I think he's talented. There'd be a higher voter turnout. 100%. Yeah, I do. Can I say this? I think I may sit this out. Really? I think I'm going to just fully well, sit it out. Well, then what the experts would say is then that's a vote for Trump. Yeah. And here's the thing. What are you going to do? He said it. <laughs> what are you, you going to do? I am not going to enable a process that continues to shovel shit at us. Right. I do not want to vote for a party that doesn't respect their constituents. It's, right. I don't care. Not only do I not agree with him on most major issues, but I also don't. I don't think that like, hey, just fall in line and do what's been, you know, working. Right. I don't think that's a strong enough yeah. voting message. Right. Yeah, no, it's it's when I saw this that he pulled out, I was like, you know, they're not making that big news, but that's all but telling you that it's, it, it, there's no yeah. other choice but, but yeah. Trump. Um, well, you know, I, and I noticed, too, I was watching um, a little bit of because what my what my trying to my habits are now is the local news. Mm -hmm. I only watch the local news, but then the one once a week. On the weekend, I'll either watch CNN or Fox News or MSNBC, any national news, right? <laughs> Your news intake is like other people's drinking schedule. <laughs> yeah. like, I just go local, you know, one to two beers yeah. on the weeknights, and then I fucking get hammered on a Saturday. That's it. I go to church, <laughs> and then I watch the news. But anyway, they were, you know, on CNN, I think it was, they were interviewing, is it Tim Scott, the s senator from South Carolina? Oh, well, well, um, is it? I think it's Tim Scott. He's, uh, yes, Tim Scott. So they were they were they were interviewing him and he's supporting Donald Trump. He's a mm. Republican. And they were like, you know, he was talking about, um, you know, like the immigration. He was like, you know, it's the immigration, like, the, you know, you people you're seeing it in your streets. The police are handcuffed and the voters going to pin that to Joe Biden. And then she the lady was like, yeah, but what about January 6th? Trump kept keep, you know, he said that January 6th, like he applauded it sure. and it was an insurrection yeah. and blah, 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 blah. And then Tim, the, he was like, you know, kept going back to, yeah, but immigration or whatever. And she kept bringing up January 6th. And then he said to her, he was like, if, I forgot what her name is. He goes, if you think people care about January 6th the way your network does, you do not understand the American yeah. people. Nobody, he was like, nobody really cares but you. Yeah. He was like, and also that was one day in a presidency of four years. He was like, yes, it was wrong. And Tim Scott was like, I was actually there. Mm. He goes, a lot of people like you are you know, uh, taking information yeah. that you weren't even there. He goes, I was actually there, sleeves rolled up, video of me ready to defend my office. I was fully there. He was like, and I'm telling you, a lot of things that the media put out, You and he was just like pointing at it, was like, you included are false. It wasn't a good day for or America. Or also just out of context snippets that paint yes. a certain picture. He was like, it was not good. He was like, and again, if you keep going down this road where all you have on Trump is this January 6th, your party's going to lose by a landslide. So he, and she was just like, she was like, well, you know, back to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, and not to mention, I think I didn't agree with the general messaging of storming the Capitol, but I do think that a lot of people seeing how government works now are like, maybe we should do that all the time. Yes. Like that's the biggest response that we've gotten from a yeah. terrified government in a really long time. And if we want a true democracy where people actually, the, yeah. the representatives listen to their people, Bad. It's not that bad. And I honestly don't see, I know that January 6th was bad, but like the, the silver lining is as Americans, we're the most obese country in the world. And we got our steps in that day. We sure did. And we yeah. burned calories. Everybody's Fitbit vibrated. Yes. So that's positive. So 
January 6th. By the way, bleep out the Yeah. <laughs> 100%. January 6th. I, live in, I lived in the Upper West Side at the time in like a nice building. I get home and- Tunnels? Uh, no tunnels. No tunnels. Oh. I get home and I get on the elevator and like at the time I biked everywhere. I'm bringing my bike onto the elevator and then a guy goes, excuse me, sir. Do you mind if somebody who lives in the building gets on first? And I go, I'm not a delivery person. I live here. And then he goes, oh, oh, oh. Today is just a traumatic day. I think we're all going through a whole bunch of stuff. And then I didn't get into an argument with him over this, but I wanted to be like, so you're acting to be like a fucking bleeding, crying liberal, but you just wanted to yell at a fucking delivery guy That's right. exactly. about getting That's on right. the elevator above you. Yeah. And then yeah. you use this as a bullshit yes. cop But dude, that is, yes. that is what performative liberalism 100%. is. is like, and I never was it more clear to me than when I coached soccer in downtown Brooklyn because it's all these like bleeding heart liberal parents that are worth maybe $50 million a piece. And all of them are super about like, everybody's inclusive. I can't <laughs> believe you're not representative. Oh my God, I mm -hmm. need all this. And then as soon as their schools got redistrict, they were like, absolutely not. Yes. There will not be a minority yeah. in my child's school. This is 100% not happening. And they all protest. Yes. That was one of my favorite Mike Cannons of all the Mike Cannons that I've got had the pleasure of knowing over the past 14 years is just hanging on for dear life, bloated in the face, end stage alcoholism, Mike Cannon, who I brought my daughter to those uh, clinics a couple of times because right by the apartment where I was living when Jasmine threw me right out of the house and I had an apartment <laughs> in downtown Brooklyn. And there were times where Mike is a great coach, great soccer coach, very knowledgeable. Kids loved him. But then one kid would tick him off and he would <laughs> rifle a bend it like Beckham, just absolute corner kick to one of these kids' heads and where Delilah was ducking for cover like she was getting bombed. And I was like, that was, and that was Mike. That was right before crew came. So yeah. Mike was still pretty heavily drinking and you could just tell if there was a night, if there was a bender, here's yeah. the thing. If Mike was on a bender from the night before, then somebody was going to get a fucking bent soccer kick my, right at their head. <laughs> my favorite thing to do, because I would coach really young kids, like yeah. four, three, four years old, is I would try to, if they annoyed me, I would try to pass one through their wickets while they yeah. were running. Yeah. So it would always ine inevitably end up in them taking a com complete full face plant. Right. Just get caught <laughs> up right in the spokes of their legs. Yeah. Yeah. But that was super fun. And then also there is not a lower point in my like career entertainment wise than when I was just boozed up, bloated, hungover from something. And I'm coaching these two year olds and being like little kicks, little kicks, little kicks. And some 17 year old kid from Brooklyn goes, I saw you on the nightly show last night. What are you doing? <laughs> I was like, uh, and yeah. I just went back to back. coaching the class. I wanted yeah, to hang bullshit. myself. Well, that's what I get you know, taking the subway. You know, every day, I t every day I take the subway. Somebody's like, oh, Chris, you take the subway. Right. It's like, yeah, so does John Leguizamo. Can I ask you this? Has yes. anybody ever asked you for a picture, and then when you got up to take a picture with them, they just took a picture of you solo? No. No, normally if they take a picture, they want me in it. Yeah. You're saying they just want to take a picture of it's you. It's happened to me twice. Once was years ago, and I thought it was a weird thing when I was on Cosmos Sexy versus Skanky. I remember that show, Sexy versus Skanky. <laughs> I was on the A train in Deep Crown Heights, and some girl goes, yo, let me take a picture. And I'm like, all right, cool, let's take a picture. And as I'm getting up, she just snapped a pic and was like, I'm good. So it's like me <laughs> like this somewhere in some teenager's phone. And then the other day at New York Comedy Club, some guy was like, oh, you're, you're a comedian. I was like, yeah. I was like, we're in a comedy club. He's like, yeah, I like you. And I'm yeah. like, okay. He's like, let me get a pic. I'm like, cool. I go to put my arm out, and he just takes a picture Bang. of me solo. Right in your face. And I'm like, what is this? Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, people people are fucking weird. Are you comfortable? I'm com I want to start sitting like kind of how the girls sit, like, you know, and call her daddy, like just yeah. more female energy. I want to just- opens your hips. Yeah, it opens my hips. And I got to be honest with you, uh, some of the tight, this winter, this winter, for some reason, you know me, if you've, if you've been following me from the beginning, you know that I'm always like, you know, Chrissy Gray skies, Chrissy winter storms. I hate the sun. I hate the heat. My German blood is not made for the heat. I'm, you know, of the snow. But I don't know <laughs> of the snow. I don't know why. I have no idea why. But this winter, I have been like really, it's really been for the first time ever in my life. I'm having like winter blues where I'm like, I don't want, if I could push a button, I would make it 90 degrees where it used to be when it was 90 degrees. If I could push a button, I would make it freezing. So something happened. Now I've said this out loud to my family and I'm like, well, that's a good thing. That yeah. actually means you're coming out of 
you know, your 38-year depression, your, this <laughs> yeah. is a positive You're feeling thing. things. You're feeling great. But right now, in the moment, it feels depressing that yeah. I'm in the winter. I do want to make this... I want to make this announcement just to the show because I want this to start the official countdown of Chrissy, Texas. And Chris <laughs> moving to Austin yes. and being a full-time warm weather yep. comedian and saying fuck you to New York and then three months after moving down there possibly finding yes. a new place back in Queens. But do not worry, even if I live in Texas, every single Monday I will be coming to you live right here from Slam Studios right here in Long Island City. <laughs> Which I didn't. I forgot yeah, to mention <laughs> that we. That's where we are always. Slam, and I have so my socks now are matching the sign. Oh, that's nice. And uh, now my kind of my taco meat fleeces. As I kind of well. like it. Yeah. I um. Yeah. So 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 it's just one of those things where I'm like, and I've realized too some of like the decisions I might make now in a panic because mm -hmm. like I told you I'm like renting a house and like don't know, I, I I like the neighborhood but like the house I'm at is beautiful but I'm like I I can't be renting. I don't want to make a winter decision. Yeah, yeah. You know, because nobody really, sh you shouldn't be making any big decisions in the middle of the winter. You should just be getting through the winter. You shouldn't make any decision when you're cold. Like anytime that you're cold and you feel like you're being pressed to make a yes or no or to take a direction, take a beat, put a blanket on, and yeah. then make your decision. Yeah. I have never once made a thoughtful decision when I've been uncomfortable and kind right. of shivering. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of like, because one of the main motivations for moving off Staten Island was, oh, I was in my car too much. But now I'm not in my car at all. But because it's so cold, my brain is like, you need to go back to a place where you're in your car a lot. Yeah. But in the spring and summer, I'll be thankful yeah. to, to be like walking around and running. Like even now, we come to a beautiful part of Long Island City where we are, but we just leave right away because we're like, we see all the benches outside, but they're just covered in snow and ice. Well, and this is like, this is really relatable to me in the sense that your your brain is is all over the map and like your decision making is like oh it's you're being affected by your stimulus every right. single week and some people are like what the hell like why make a decision and stick with it is that easy for a lot of people yeah. like is making a decision and and committing to the decision very easy for the norm because i'm the same way where like the slightest breeze could make me consider moving right. or just like uprooting my or leaving my family right. <laughs> like just the slightest <laughs> Like weird kind of just inconvenience and yeah. I, it'll flicker in my head. I won't go through with it, but that's a, that's a thought that you have. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, it, as far as like women too, like, you know, jazz has said to me multiple times, like the thing that I want the most in a guy, the sexiest feature is a man who makes a decision. Yeah. And quite often my response is, what do you want me to do? <laughs> like <laughs> just like a stupid indecisive response because I know that that's what women want. They want a guy who has the plan, who makes a decision. But the thing is with me is it's not that the grass is always greener, but I'm always like in, because like, oh, try not to make emotional decisions. It's like, well, I'm full of emotions. So like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. Like uh, this whole idea of like committing to something and like living in the same place for 20 years is more terrifying than marriage. Like I, I want to just be able to like change. Yeah. I, th I mean, that's a reasonable, that's a reasonable place right. to be. But then with kids, you can't do right. that. You can't keep changing their school. Well, that's a good point. So I'm like- These so, are all like, that sounds like a good idea for like somebody in their 20s. Right. So that's what I'm like. Do I have like this arrested development? Or should I just pick a neighborhood I like and we stay with the same school and then we could just move to different houses every two years? <laughs> but the answer is yes. You yeah. do have arrested development, as do I. Isn't that the exact reason why we feel compelled to entertain people? Yeah. And to like, to fill some sort of gaping hole that we have? Right. We're not claiming to be mature adults here. Yeah. We're saying we are an arrested people that are constantly looking for answers. Yeah, because that's my like thing when like, Sometimes like Jazz and I get into arguments. She's like, you know, I wish we could do this, we should do that. It's like, yeah, those other people maybe make like less emotional choices, but like they don't get flown to Dubai to do a show like right. we are. Like we're going to go to Dubai. They have to like, like we're going to get like basically a free trip to Dubai yeah. because of my career. That's so awesome. it's like, that's a good thing too. That's so there's trade-offs. So, <laughs> so it's like, yeah, maybe we don't have what they have, but they don't have that. Everything's right. a trade-off and a balance. hundred percent. So you might be going to the Super Bowl in a few weeks just because you can. Yeah, I'm interviewing Jerry Rice the not the day before the Super Bowl just because they thought I was, you know, I said something stupid on a clip that they thought was funny. So I'm like, yeah, you know. Now, Grant, let me make it perfectly clear. Jasmine is not coming with me to that. <laughs> <laughs> I um I will I will do that one hundred percent. 
by my damn self. Well, some of the fruits of your labor are just for you. Yeah. Sometimes and, there's only one apple. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? Yeah, maybe there's a quirkiness and maybe other people don't make the decisions I make, but it's like there's there's good and bad to everything. Yes. You know? Where is John? I need, you know what? Get John on the phone. <laughs> Get, John. Get John on the phone. Okay, here we go. Guys, as always, this podcast sponsored by Better Help. Listen, with Better Help, it's one of those things where everybody needs to be in a little therapy. Okay, we all have mental health up and ups and downs. Better help done entirely online. I love it. That's the best part because, dude, with our schedules, especially considering how much we travel, it's hard to nail down a consistent time every week, especially to meet in person. With BetterHelp, you can literally do it anywhere yeah. from any any time you have service, Wi-Fi, whatever. If you need it, you got it. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all of your relationships, whether with friends, work, your significant other, anyone. You can start in therapy. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. What I love, like Mike said, it's entirely done online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. It's also such a perfect, especially if you're thinking of getting into therapy. If you have yet to do it, you haven't done it. This is an absolutely perfect first go at it. It gives you, it's easy, no, not pressure to be in nope. the room. You don't feel uncomfortable. You can get matched with certain, certain doctors. If you don't like them, you get another one. It's all up to you with how much and how often you want to do this. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. You switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Right now, all you got to do to become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not, is go to betterhelp.com slash chaos to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash chaos. All right, baby, listen to me. If you're running a business, you should not be shipping out your own stuff, okay? It's too much of a task to do. You got to focus on what you're doing and your business. That's why ShipStation they're going to handle all your shipping needs. As your business grows, ShipStation can help optimize how you ship your order so you can stay competitive while you scale up. That's right. Whether you're shipping 100 packages a month or thousands, ShipStation lets you automate routine shipping tasks and easily handle returns. Mention free trial. You get a quick... Oh, sorry. That's it. <laughs> you get a free trial. It's an easy setup. You try things out before you commit or get started right away. That's it, dude, because you know me. I'm non-committal, so that's why ShipStation works for me. Rules and automations allow you to print shipping labels at the click of a button. Effortless integration everywhere you sell online, including Amazon, Walmart, Shopify, and more. You can manage orders, print labels, compare rates, optimize every shipment, and automate delivery notifications. God, I love ShipStation. They have industry-leading discounted rates from USPS, UPS, DHL, and Global Post with discounts up to 89% off USPS Ooh. and UPS rates. There's over 130,000 companies have grown their e-commerce businesses with ShipStation, and 98% of those companies that stick with ShipStation for a year become customers for life. Right now, go to ShipStation.com, put in that promo code CHAOS to sign up for your free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com. Promo code chaos, 60 day free trial. Thanks to ShipStation for sponsoring the show. Uh, We're calling John Grady, Jihadi John Grady, who's supposed to be in the office. John. Hey, what's up? What's up, dude? You're live on the pod. Hey, what's going on? Where are you right now? Uh, I'm at work. Okay. Do you, what's the latest update? Do we get a sonogram pick yet? <laughs> um, I did text her over the weekend and I said, Casually, I just asked, um, you know, what's the status? Uh, <laughs> are, we, are we good? Did you did you get anything yet uh, in terms of a period? And she said, don't worry about it. Whoa. <laughs> That's wow. a very Latina response. Yeah. That she, means she is she carrying said, it to term, buddy. <laughs> I wish I... Like, go ahead. No, she just said, is that something you're concerned about? I was like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, dude, oh my God. Well, let's, let's play this both ways. Let's say, let's say there, she's having a baby. She was pregnant with a child. Are you going to name it a Spanish name or a white name? Oh, I, th I think we got to go gringo on that one. Gringo. <laughs> no, but I think, but Grady, but it, but here's the thing. Like your name's John Grady. If you're gonna have a Latino child, it'd be fun to have a kid named Hector Grady. <laughs> yeah. You know, Carlos. Jose Grady. Jose Grady. <laughs> Um, 
do you have you seen her at all since the last time we spoke or just the only text you have from her is is you know don't worry about it uh no i've not seen her in person i chatted a little bit over the weekend I was skiing in Vermont, so that's no. good. That's good to know when you have an impending child to just go skiing. Yeah, in Vermont. yeah. It's a smart like, move. He's literally cloaking <laughs> himself in whiteness. Yes. <laughs> Wait. So now, also, your your girlfriend's name is the same name as your mom. Oh uh, yeah. What did Vito tell you that? <laughs> yes, Vito just wrote it on the board. How does that? Uh, how does that complicate things for your penis? Yes. Uh, you know, I mean, it's spelled differently, so I'm okay with that. And right. My mom is not latina so uh to me it's fine but yeah it's a little weird when i told my family but whatever spelled <laughs> Sir, i don't know i i now let me ask you this and then we'll let you go are you like kind of riddled with anxiety and it's just not showing or are you kind of taking the approach what will be will be and i'll deal with this small latino child when and if it comes uh riddled with anxiety oh. i mean you know she yeah, yeah. She, she's I feel like she's like all about it and uh whatever, we'll see. I mean, her last period was late too, so right. taking a step at a time. Well, let's just pray for cancer then. <laughs> oh, <my. laughs> well, I don't know, maybe we should have like a John a John teaches Zen segment of yes. the of the podcast because there is nobody that sounds less ang- anxious. John, yeah, like like right it now. literally like, like he's on a sedative. You have like a philosophical shotgun to your head <laughs> with the Mexican flag coming right out of it. And you <laughs> and you are sounding like you're just on the beach in Bermuda, no problems at all when literally you have a girl, you have a woman pregnant who doesn't even speak your language. That's right. Who will just take you to the absolute cleaners and you're like, dude, it's all good. <laughs> yep. But I like that. There's a lot to learn from that because as a young man like you normally don't kind of have this approach. So I think yeah. the way you're handling it is great. And I'm, I'm feeling the energy that I'm feeling because I do have a connection with Latina women. I don't think that she's pregnant. Oh. I don't. You know yeah, it. I mean, I think we're at the point where, like, I'm probably going to ask her to maybe take a test. Right now, it's just, like, up in the air. It's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I mean, she's, like, two weeks late, right? Yeah, I think we're, like, hitting, like, 10 days. Yeah, so. dude. Yeah, yeah. Dude. Well, I'll tell you, like, when, when... when I bet she got her period, actually. The don't worry about it sounds like she got it, but she's going to string this along yes. for for months. That's, what, that's exactly what I was going to say, is I think she's kind of using this as power. So I would assume that she's most likely not pregnant and I would not worry about it. But just know that when Jasmine did confirm and tell me she was pregnant, I went into the bathroom about five minutes after and I started biting my toenails. (laughs) (laughs) That's how stressed I got. But I think you're going to be fine, dude. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Hey, and at the end of the day, let's go Mets, right? Let's go Mets. Later, bro. All right, see you guys. Let's take a phone call then. I'd like to take some yeah, advice phone calls. Now. And by the way, thank you for all the positive messages from the Bill Maher episode uh, that came out. Um, I appreciate it. People have also already been messaging me about what I shared with my wife last week, and it's been uh, it's been largely positive. That's so it, baby. Listen, you if you guys have a miscarriage, wear the podcast to help you through That's it. right. Yeah. Two men discussing their feelings on it. Yeah, listen, man, nobody feels a miscarriage more than a guy. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's not my job to tell her story, you yeah. know? I don't want to give her feelings yeah. and say what she's going through. Yeah. It's, it's my story. All right, here we go. So remember, if you want advice, relationship advice, uh, uh, you know, any type of parenting. advice. Parenting advice. Parenting advice really is the big one. Financial advice, even though we're not experts. 347 323 347-323-3321. 347-323-3321. Let's hear from our first voicemail of the day. Chrissy, man, I took my daughter to Disney World for her third birthday with my deaf mother-in-law, but that's a different story. So we're walking in, and I immediately see a dad grab a 12-year-old by his throat, put him against the wall, and say, if you don't get it together, we're going to fucking leave. So I don't know if that's a Disney parent or a parent of the week, but shit was crazy. And no Disney police, nobody. I think Mickey Mouse came out and started choking the kid himself. Shit was crazy. <laughs> well, there's our first parent of the week POW segment. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. Nothing. And I mean truly nothing. Yeah. I, I think the... 
your child having a, as far as top stressors, yeah. your child having a disease is, of course, number one. Second is taking your kids to Disney. Yeah. You're stressed. The parents are stressed. You're stressed. The kids are stressed. Everyone is stressed. When you go to Disney World, especially Disney World or really any amusement park, but really Disney World, the overwhelming anxiety and uh, uh, emotions and excitement the children are going to feel, you're going to feel, is so nuts that a lot of people are not prepared for it. What my advice for when you're taking your kid to Disney World is do not have a plan. Mm -hmm. As much as they tell you to have a plan, do not have a plan and do whatever your kid wants to do. If they want to go on the same ride a hundred times, all green lights, let them go on the same ride a hundred times. It is not about you as the parent. It is about the child. Mm -hmm. So the more that you try to plan things and cram things in and make them see everything, the worse your time's going to get, the more exhausted you're going to get, the worse a time everyone's going to have. I, I I know for a fact that 12-year-old kid that got grabbed by the throat by his dad was a dad trying to overplan stuff. Yeah. And it, <laughs> it doesn't work like that. Let me ask, is that a part of your childhood at all? What? Like that, like that moment? Because I, I was talking to Vito before the show, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I've been I've been choked in public and put put against a wall. No, my, they never, my parents never really put their hands on me. Dude, when I was four, Size I got, ones. we went to Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Where the Amish. Was, unreal. It's like my parents decided to raise me with electricity, and then the moment I got comfortable <laughs> with it, they took me on vacation to a place that has none. Yes. It, like, couldn't have yeah. been a worse idea, but I did learn how to ride a two-wheel bike. Oh, cool. Pretty sick. But, uh, you know, the whole the whole time I we kept going to these restaurants and I was just so hyperactive that I'd get my parents. My parents would just leave like they'd finally they'd be like, fuck you. Like, let's go. And they, right. I got them. I got them to leave like three restaurants in a row. And finally, at the third one, my dad just open hand slapped me in front of the, in front mm-hmm. of the hostess at the thing. And she goes, good. good. <laughs> <laughs> she said good yeah. at the sight of a four-year-old getting whacked by a six foot two, 250 pound <laughs> Irish man. She said good in my teary eyes. But what was the reason why you kept, you I just was dressed sexy. Right. No, I, I mean, I was like, I was acting like an asshole. I was definitely like asking for stuff or just say like, it just being, I, I watch, I'm with my son all the time. And just watching him as a boy, like he he is very bio boy. He is exactly every stereotype of boy behavior that you can have. Overactive, slamming into things, really testing his environment. Right. And I could see the moments where my parents hit my son or right. hit me. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. But now I'm like just fighting through that brief instinct because of, you know, everything yeah. that I've had. And then the, on the other side is like, oh, why would I ever do that? Right. Like what kind of a madman would yeah. I have been to act on that? Rage? Well, but just because what you said too, which is a lot of the things that I think parents kind of forget. I even forget sometimes is like you're louder is <laughs> it, it is your kid is your your kid is testing their environment they're yes. testing you all it's all part of their neurological development yeah. to test their brain and test their environment like they should they're so, velociraptors testing the electrical fences exactly dude so us as parents we have to allow our kids to test including testing us mm-hmm. sometimes so and i do feel like this whole idea like i was raised on this whole idea of like parents never apologize like it's my way or the highway which yeah. i think is maybe was right back then but in this ever-changing world, it's not right anymore. So it's like if yeah. you I don't scream think it was at your right back then. Right. Yeah. But if you scream at your kid, like you have to apologize to them at 100%. some point, or else they're gonna think it's okay to always do that in their life. Dude, I, I apologize to my son, not like routinely. I'm not fucking up that much, but each and every time that I like lose my patience or be like, dude, like something like that, even where I'm like, I'm not I, I see the fear in his eyes. I see him jump, and that fear like ruins me it destroys me because all i did was grow up with the fear of fists raining down from the heavens upon my child body so to see that in his eyes it it like breaks my heart and immediately in the moment i've taken to be like hey recognize it it's never too early or late to apologize and i have to be okay with that because all the other shit is ego trauma and your own bullshit to wade through because the, the i'm not apologizing to a child like, what is that? What is that right. kind of self-preservation, egoic? Like, I was hurt. They should be able to be hurt and yeah. move through life as well. And it's like, I'm trying yeah. to break that cycle. Dude, if you're this kind of person, you're not for me. If you're the kind of person that takes the belief of, I went through it, yeah. so now you do too, Same. just know that I, I want to go the opposite way 
of you as an individual at those people that are like, I had to go through this. Yeah. So now you do too. It's truly one of the worst type of personality traits in a person. I hate, I hate that. Yeah. I've always hated that person. Cool. I, then I guess we still have slaves. Yeah, exactly. Like, what a weird thing to say progress yeah. shouldn't and doesn't exist. Yeah. It's, it's, and sometimes parents do that. They're like, yeah. I, I was raised this way. So now you have to yeah. be raised this way too. And it's like, no, no, you have to, you should be the one who breaks the mold, who breaks the cycle and does something. Yeah. But why is isn't John that- here to be listening to this parenting <laughs> advice? I mean, this kid is literally making yeah. thumbnails when we're giving away gold. Dude, this kid, he's got a lot of cycles to break with this kid. Too. I know, dude. He, yes. <laughs> cycles that he has no idea culturally yes. even exist. Yes. He better hope <laughs> that this girl was on, his, you know, cycle was off. Um, all right, let's listen to another voice note from three, four. Again, you want to call the show, be a part of the show. Three, four, seven, three, two, three, 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 two, one. Hey, Chrissy, quick comment for you. Um, recently, you have been referring um, to your stepson as your regular son, um, which I think is awesome. Okay, it's going to mean a lot to him one day when he listens to these podcasts back. Um, so keep up the good work. Like I said, I know that family is tough, marriage is tough, but it definitely means a lot that you treat all three of these kids as your own. So keep calling them your son, drop the step. And keep on, keep it on. Thank you, brother. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Well, thank you, sir. That was a yeah. nice comment. That is nice. I appreciate it. I hope you're not sending that comment while you also have the engine on of your car inside a garage, giving yourself slow <laughs> suicide through carbon monoxide poison, because you never know with these fans. Um, yes, I do call my stepson my regular son, which I'm now just going to start calling him my regular son. That was, that's a hilarious way to put him. And because I was like, in the beginning of our relationship when I met Jazz, you know, she had a child she was pregnant with our first kid, and I didn't know that subconsciously by me always saying my stepson, my stepson was kind of putting a wall, he was kind of putting him over there even though I didn't mean that to be. Mm -hmm. So now we just say I have three kids and these are my kids. And only when you specifically ask me something do I say, oh, well, actually it's my stepson. Can Can I ask you what his father thinks of that? His father and I have never had a conversation directly about that, but Mm -hmm. his father has multiple times said like, hey, man, thanks for like, yeah, kind of inc- be always including my son well, and everything. That's, that's also your hope, right? It's it's like tough and your hope at the exact same time because it's tough to see another man obviously bonding with your son on right. a father son dynamic. But it's also your hope that if you're if you're the mother of your child gets into a new relationship, that the guy will step up in that way and they will have a relationship. So that's got to be like such a weird, right? Just a tug of war of feelings for everybody involved. Yeah, because the way I look at it is like you know I have you know like three kids one is not my biological kid two are but i'm like we all live together under the same roof so i don't want number one the i never i almost never even if i don't say if i almost never stay say stepson the 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 furthest i'll go is i'll say my daughter's brother because i always want the connection to be family so i always want my daughter that's why it's like the connection is biologically through my daughter i'm like Mm -hmm. this is her brother because you know you know, it is biological. Hopefully, too, yeah. like, you know, like, you know, I I die first, and then it's like the next guy closest to be with her brother. So it's like that will, you know, like I want him to feel yes. like a sense of responsibility. Like these are my sisters. I have to, even though like we have different dads, like that that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, like yeah. where these are my sisters, I have to protect them like for everything. So I try to do that. But, you know, it also though, it's hard because it goes nature. Nature just like automatically, instinctively, is like I run to like my your biological kids when they're crying, when they need something, whatever. It's like go to the daughters. You need to like actively think with a stepchild because nature, that nature is, you have to create yeah, it. Yeah. Nature has not given it to you. Nature, as a matter of fact, most animals in nature would say, don't, that's not yours. So no, forget it's about li- it. It's why lions kill the cubs of the woman they're about to bang. So you got, exactly. Yeah. So you got to override nature. I have to override nature and be like, no, no, this, he is as important as these, as my daughters. So, you know, I think, you know, it's one of those things where my, my stepmom told me step parenting is one of the most thankless jobs in the world because yeah. you're not, you're, you're, you literally, have to just say to the, she, you know, gave good advice. Like you have to just say to your stepson, I'm going to treat you like my child and you're probably not going to even notice it or even kind of uh, uh, appreciate it until you're older. 
Yeah. And but my stepmom was like, but when you got older and you appreciated me as stepmom, that it was worth the 20 years of you being like, you're not my mom. <laughs> right, right, After right, she right. was paying for my yeah. school, feeding me, yeah. making sure I was at practice. I was like, you're not my mommy. But it eventually yeah. gets there. It's yes. the same reason why during a toxic divorce, you shouldn't shit on the other parent. No. Where it's like, hey, regardless of what's being said on the other side and how you're being demonized or whatever, it they will eventually get to a point where your behavior will be appreciated. Yeah. The idea that you didn't like try to undercut their, their mother or father or whatever, that'll be like, Oh, we noticed that as a 35 year old, we didn't notice it as an 18 year old and sorry that we took the side of the other parent, but eventually it all comes out in the wash. Yeah. And it's also like, that's a very short sighted thing. When parents talk crap about their ex to their kids, it's like, yeah, as a little kid, yeah, yeah. they're going to agree with you. Yeah. But that's that's only going to last a few years. As they get older, they're going to start resenting the parent who talks so much crap about the other one because yes. chances are, yes, maybe your ex did something bad to you. Chances are they're probably a good parent to their kids, and that's the thing that matters. It's like relationships fall apart. You can't ever stop being a parent. Like that to me yes. was always bullshit where it's like a dad – you know, like my, 18, 18 yeah. years. Yeah, my, my, my mom's father had a family of five mm. and just picked up and left, right? Mm. And I remember my mom, you know, because she like, you know, it, it was her biological father. So there's a connection. I would always say when I was a kid, well, you know, my, you know, her mom, she was like, you know, she made it really hard for my dad to come see us because yeah, yeah. she was so mad at him because he left the family and had another life and blah, blah, blah. And even as a little kid, I remember thinking like, no, that's bullshit. Right. I actually would never... I would like spit in that guy's face because I'm like, you left your, I don't care what the reason is. Yeah. You walk away from your kids. You're a piece of shit to me. Yeah. I hate, I, I I cannot stand those guys that then justify a reason. I don't care how crazy the woman is. You yeah. know, if the woman is really that dangerous, then you should be working even harder to get her away from your children. hundred percent. So it's yeah. like, what? Cause she's mad at you. Cause all right, dude. Yeah. You fucking started another family on Long Island. It happens. <laughs> Go. <laughs> all right. Of course. What if she's not going to be nice to you, but that has nothing to do with the kids. No, your job is to all. be their father. Yeah. Your job is also to then take the beating. Yeah, and dude. Then just be the dad that you should be. It's also, I'm, I'm like, I'm not jealous because that's a negative connotation, but I am like, I'm impressed by the resources that you have to be a parent. Like you have this stepmom that can speak to you directly about your experience as a stepfather. You have this father who is still in your life and a good dad and who talks to you about being a dad. I am, I have none of that. So all of my examples are just like what not to do, but you are my funnel of good parenting info. And I just realized the whole line of how I get my information. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I know. That's why jazz. Sometimes she'll be, I'll be like, you know, I'm a product of divorce. My mom and dad were divorced. Her, you know, her, her dad left. And that's why I'm scared to get married. And then my mom, jazz would be like, what about your father? Who's been married to your stepmother for 37 years. And I'll be like, what do you want to eat? (laughs) Why don't you go cook for me? Because, you know, anytime she makes a good point, I'm like, mm, let's move. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, selling the house. <laughs> yeah, you know when Jasmine won an argument when Chris is in a new zip code? Exactly. That's how you know. When Jasmine just absolutely floored me with the perfect response, my house is for sale. <laughs> All right, here we go. Good, good, uh, good voicemails. I like the parenting ones. We do... This is, you know, we're not a parenting podcast, but we lean parent. I would sure. say. I mean, we, it's part of our lives. It's like, the biggest part of our lives is, 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 is being a parent, and now John is too. <laughs> so parent of the week, we call it the POW segment, the parent of the week, where we take a story, one story, some, sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad, but we kind of talk about a different parenting thing. And we like, the new thing we're going to start to do is, this is Mike Cannon's great idea, is we're going to start the parenting of the week. Mike Cannon, this is classic Mike Cannon, he brought up a amazing idea. He said, we should start the parenting of the week segment with a quote that can apply to parenting. I said, absolutely. What's the quote? He said, I don't have one. <laughs> I'm an idea guy. Yes. I don't follow through, but I have just general theory and ideas. Yes. But this is why I've been writing down quotes that I've seen on memes for the past year, and they're finally going to come See, to good use. This is why this is the yin and yang, dude, is yeah. I have the ideas and then you execute yes. because you're the da- daily dad. You're yep. the stoic guy. Yep. You listen and, and obtain. Like even I'm reading this. I mean, now I'm listening to it, that Troubles book. Uh, oh, on, the Irish. On the, yeah. on the Irish Troubles. And it's so hard for me to even keep in the information. But you have like quotes memorized. You really, yeah. you really. Yeah. Maintain See, I'm yourself. the guy who like I have it all memorized and written down and I never apply it. 
Yeah. But at least you apply it. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. So start off with the quote. This is from Juan Ramon Ramirez, who, which is a potential name for John's baby. JRJ. <laughs> uh, the strongest man is the one who forgets the most. I say that one to my kids. That feels Because good. I tell them, like, you know, like my, my daughter, uh, especially my eight-year-old, will, will, will hold on to, like, uh, something, you know, a, a classmate of her said last week. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, even sometimes my step, you know, Tristan will say, oh, um, you know, you know, remind his mom that she said this last week. And I'm like, if you just forget about it and every day starts anew, you just move further in life. Like the holding back to this past doesn't work at yeah. all. I mean, I do it religiously, yeah. but I just try to at least tell the kids, don't do that. Is there like an obsessive compulsive deprogramming? Do you know what I mean? Because I do, I mean, I take a, a shitload of edibles, so I forget everything. Right. But I do harbor on a lot of like stuff that is, you know, either cringe that I've done myself or mistakes that I've made or whatever. And that like that kind of just marinates inside of my body. Is there any kind of way like do you do that? I mean, I know you do. Yeah. That, oh yeah. But is there anything that you've done to apply like a quicker release of obsessive compulsive thought? I try I try to just tell myself like when that when those thoughts pop up about like something wildly embarrassing or bad that something I'm ashamed of. Yeah. I try to just say the only reason why my brain is going there is because it's trying to control. The only thing it can control is the past. Yeah. It can't control the present or the future. So just, this is a control. Your, your brain's trying to control and just let go of control. Try to tell myself you have no control. Yeah. But just the other night I woke up in the middle of the night and couldn't go back to sleep because in 2009, when I was starting open stand-up comedy, doing open mics, the professor, when I was in graduate school, wanted to watch a clip of my stand-up because he was a stand-up fan. And you know how horrific our comedy is in the beginning, but you're oh. proud of it. It was on a CD. Yeah. I brought it in from a show, a bring a show I did at Gotham, and it was a five-minute set, and he turned it off in front of the entire class after the first 30 seconds because one of he's a deeply religious man, and one of my first jokes <laughs> was about being an altar boy and getting anally raped by the priest. <laughs> and, 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 and... <laughs> He turned it off and said, I'm so sorry to the class. Like, I'm like, he was like, I'm sorry. And and he was like, you know, turned it off. He's like, sorry about that. Not going to watch that. Yeah. Sorry about that. And then went back to teaching the class. And and I remember one of my classmates, she turned around. And she went, oh, no. Like, and it's like etched in my brain. And then he kept going. And then I was like dying. I was like literally dying of embarrassment for yeah. a three-hour lecture, like graduate school level lecture. And at the end of the lecture, like he brought it up, he was like, I just want to address what happened in the beginning. Um, that is not okay. That type of comedy. That's cool. Um, that is, and then it was like I, 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 because I think I had made some type of like I, I, I really actually should try to find this clip because it was something <laughs> about like, uh, Jesus, like calling Jesus Jesus, and like Jesus, I was like, I was like, do you mean Jesus or the guy who's cleaning the back of the church? <laughs> and, then was, and then I made some type of like <laughs> middle and stuff. I made up some type of Middle Eastern terrorist joke. Sure, and it bombed. And there was like a Iranian girl in the front who was like, "This is not okay." You know, like whatever. <laughs> she should have gotten it the most. And there was this one kid who we would make fun of a lot for being like a kind of stick in his ass guy. Sure. He was the only one. He was like, I love it. <laughs> you know? And it was literally, dude, like one of the most embarrassing moments of my life. And it yeah. is now coming up on, it's over 15 years ago yeah. that happened. And I woke up and it was traumatizing me like the like 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 it happened yesterday. Is there anything more deeply Catholic than apologizing to the kids who heard that story than to the person who was raped by a priest? <laughs> yeah. like, is there anything more? Just ah, that's the Catholic Church yes. right there. That's Sorry, you had to hear that. You put a bandaid on. Yes. <laughs> like yeah. what the hell is that? Yeah, dude. I remember because I I woke up. During Christmas, I, I was getting flooded with all these childhood memories of like Christmas and what, you know, my favorite Christmas was four years old. So I'm putting all this pressure on myself to make Cruz four-year-old uh, Christmas really special. And then I remembered this one Christmas when I was like nine or 10 years old and I wanted a I wanted aggressive rollerblades, yeah. with the grind plate, the two mini yeah. wheels in the middle. Little short shorts. Yeah, the whole thing, like, you know, the, the risk of whatever, because I was a kid that was, I had to get that for my parents to say yes. And I came down and there was like my gift, my gift pile, you know, as a kid, that's what your whole thing is. You sure. look at it was like no bigger than this stack of magazines right here. And that it's gifts. I should have been appreciative and whatever. And I threw the biggest cunty fit that a nine or 10 year old has ever. I didn't even get what I want. Like what the hell? 
like just crying, right. throwing myself on the floor. And then in the pack was like a gift certificate for rollerblades. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, pick out the ones you want. We didn't want to fuck it up. And I just, that memory of just like nails on the chalkboard, me at my absolute worst yeah. popped up several times during Christmas and kept me awake. Yep. Yeah. It, it's, we all have it. We, you know, we all have it. I mean, dude, my grandfather fought in World War II, like, you know, probably barehandedly against the Nazis. Mm -hmm. And I remember crossing the street where we used to live in Ridgewood on Forest Avenue, and he wouldn't take me to McDonald's, and I kicked him in the ankle, and he fell down. <laughs> <laughs> A man in his mid-70s who fought and nearly died for our country <laughs> didn't get me McDonald's, and I <laughs> took his legs out as a seven-year-old. And then he was, like, in pain and then died shortly thereafter. <laughs> you fucking kicked a clot right here. Yeah, right to his It just went right to his heart. Yeah, and, and just a real asshole of a kid. Ugh. And, I and you know, but there's nothing I can do. And um, now you have foot problems. Now I have foot problems. Wow, Achilles. Achilles issues, Bunyan. In the podcast, we pulled up a picture of my father. And yeah. people are saying, how does your father look that young when he's 75 years old? Genucel is how. Yeah. We got him a skin cream. He uses this cream, Genucel. It's natural, clean, free from mineral oil, parabens, and harmful chemicals. This guy lathers himself up in this Genucel. So much to the point, I'm like, Dad, you can't go out butt naked lathered in Genucel. You're going to slip on and fall. <laughs> and he was like, I don't care. Genucel will save my life. Well, and he looks young. Mm. Like, he has a dewy, almost Enrique Iglesias you know, style. My skin. dad like literally with Genucel has turned himself. He, he, he is actually a white 75 year old male. He looks like a, he looks like a 25 year old Puerto Rican woman with the smoothest skin you've ever seen in your life from Genucel. Yeah. Cause they have a, they have introducing gen 90, the new instant wrinkle treatment from Genucel gen 90 instantly reduces the appearance of wrinkles anywhere. You use it around the eyes, the forehead, the crow's feet, laugh lines, and it starts working in seconds. I need this right now, dude. Gen 90 technology is luxurious, nourishing and silk smooth and best of all it starts working in seconds i know it because i feel the tingle every time and my dad feels the tingle every time my dad literally his skin is so smooth and he's looking so beautiful that somebody thought he was sofia vargara yesterday <laughs> gen 90 is on sale now at genucel.com during genucel's valentine's day sale give the gift of luxury skincare and timeless beauty during this limited time promotion order right now at genucel.com slash chaos genucel.com slash chaos free shipping on all orders genucel.com slash chaos genucel.com slash chaos that's g-e-n-u-c-e-l.com slash chaos happy valentine's day give your loved ones some cream it's 2024 okay so i want to talk about something important if you get injured by a person, place, or thing, you deserve to get paid. Yep. Life can be crazy sometimes, as we discuss often on this show, and one person's negligence can result in another's settlement. If you're in an accident, not calling a lawyer, a.k.a. an abogato, I just want John's girlfriend to understand, means you could be leaving money on the table. That's right. When you're seriously hurt, your injury can be worth millions. If you're ever injured, you can check out Morgan and Morgan. Let me tell you something. Having a girlfriend that doesn't speak English is hard. Hiring Morgan Morgan is easy. Morgan & Morgan is America's largest injury law firm. They have over 100 offices nationwide and more than 1,000 lawyers. I love it. With over $20 billion recovered for over 500,000 clients, Morgan & Morgan has a proven track record of fighting to get you full and fair compensation. Submitting an injury claim with Morgan & Morgan is so easy... Uh, even John's girlfriend can do it and she doesn't even speak the language. <laughs> she can type it in. That's so it. If you're ever injured, you can check out Morgan and Morgan. Their fee is free unless they win. I like that. For more information, go to forthepeople.com slash chaos or dial pound law 529 from your cell phone. That's F-O-R, thepeople.com slash chaos or pound law pound 529 from your celly welly. This is a paid advertisement. Okay, so let's get to this parenting of the week. Let's get to this parent of the week, this POW, um, Jason Kelsey. Um, this happened last week. Jason Kelsey, here's why he's our parent of the week. Football player, Philadelphia Eagles, may retire, may not. Seven Pro Bowl appearances, won the Super Bowl. He's the center for the Eagles. The you know, most talked about lineman in the history of football. In the history of football. Yeah. Uh, he met his wife on a, on a dating app. They share three children together. Okay. There you go. 
the AFC Divisional game, his brother plays for the Kansas City Chiefs, Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift's BF. So what he, he first of all, he took his shirt off and yeah. was like pounding beers like with the <laughs> Chiefs fans, which is actually pretty cool to see because his team just got eliminated yeah. the week before. And now and he's now supporting his brother. He's supporting his brother, which like is on, just like Peyton Manning was supporting Eli when yeah. he would go to the Super Bowl. Do you think though that Burt Kreischer watched the game last night and considered like taking his own life? Yeah. He's like, oh no, <laughs> this is direct competition. Yeah. This guy is a football player. He's got his own pod. He just ripped his shirt off and yeah. he's wolfing beers to yeah. tens of thousands of cheers and millions at home. I think Burt Kreischer is on his knees today hoping Jason Kelsey dies in some type of wild way so we could play him in the movie. Yeah. I think that... <laughs> Bert Kreischer wants to play... He wants Kelsey to fucking kill his family and just be the set... Just be the topic of a new Lifetime movie so Bert yes. can play Jason Kelsey without a shred of a doubt. Dude, football's Chris Benoit starring yes. Bert Kreischer. Right, yeah, and of course, you know, people are going to say it. And Chris, who do you want Travis Kelsey to be played by? Elliot Page. <laughs> <laughs> So here we go. So he's at the game. Obviously, I'm kidding. Love Jason Kelsey. Great family. Don't know him at all. Just wanted to say that for karma and overall just kind of spiritual karma goodness. And, my boyfriend. Yep. Bang. So this fan was holding up an I love T Swift sign. It wasn't me or Mike. Mm -hmm. And this fan was holding up this I love T Swift sign. And then the shirtless Jason Kelsey finds the fan and then brings the fan over and holds her up into the suite where, of course, Taylor Swift is yeah. with, with, you know, the Kelsey family because she's dating Travis and shows Taylor the sign. And it's kind of one of those things where it's like he is a dad that any good dad or not every good, I mean, just the, the, the mindfulness of him just shows what a great father he is to like kind of, you know, give this little girl the moment of her life, wasn't yeah. even one of his children, the moment of her life to like, get seen and noticed by Taylor Swift. So it's like Jason Kelsey's parent of the week, right? They made, they made eye contact. They waved. The girl was so fired up. It does show you, though, that, uh, I mean, you better be known if you're shirtless, shit-faced, and lifting up a random child. Because <laughs> if he was just, if he was Burt Kreischer or just a random guy with his shirt off, that would not be as celebrated. Yeah, dude. Could you imagine, like, the father or mother that, like, didn't realize it was Jason Kelsey and this perfect moment is just, he is hit with a baseball bat? <laughs> Right, stabbed with an icicle, right, and bleeds out. Dude, how sick would that be if they just, like, what is that? Oh, damn, the Bruce Willis, Die Hard 2, the yeah. icicle through the eyeball. Somebody just stabbed him right in the back. Yes, it's 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 a beautiful moment, and, and you know, uh, I, I like it. You know, he's, and he also said he would only trust his brother Travis to watch the kids on his own, watch his kids for an hour tops. That's interesting because Travis is vaccinated. So <laughs> by Moderna. So you would wonder what's going on. Yeah, but he only gets it every two hours. So. Yes. <laughs> so really great job, Jason Kelsey. Um, awesome. And 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 their pod is is really good. Like it the is Kelsey really Brothers good. pod is really good. And uh I I hope to uh I want you to block for me one day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd really like to see you bent over. Yes. He does have more of a shovel ass than I assumed he would have being a bent over center. I thought they would have. Well, more see, here's of the like thing is like, bottom. yeah, he's not like shredded or anything like that. But these you could just tell how strong of a man that guy he is. could he could like move a building. Yes. Look at that back. Yeah, yes. like his back. There was a there was one when you saw him jump over the, the thing and come back in. He has, for a big man, he actually has lat wings. Oh, yeah. Right. Which is crazy for his yeah. size and mass to actually have the wings. And I love that these sweatpants, it seems like he's wearing, are just those Costco, Walmart, <laughs> yes, sad sweatpants. Because that's, you know, when you're playing for the offensive line, there's probably not much clothes he can fit into right now. A lot of these guys drop the weight immediately. Yeah. 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 That one guy, actually, that was on the Cowboys is now, like, a holistic guy. And he actually kind of looks like he's sick. Like, it, <laughs> because he was a giant... 300 pound lineman and now he's just a regular ass thin but like yogi in shape dude which guy is that i would love to see I, I don't him. i don't remember exactly what his name is i think he was on the cowboys but it is wild like have you ever seen these guys in the gym where they walk in and you're like all right good for you buddy new year's resolution you're getting it started and then they pile 700 onto yeah. a onto a squat rack smelling salted up go barefoot and and rack it no 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 problem whatsoever. I got to be honest with you, as much as the Kansas City Chiefs just annoy me, I, I think they only annoy me because I feel I like mean, they've, yeah, I, I, they, the they, person. they, it's so funny how much he looks exactly like Kelsey. 
how much they annoy me just because they've been winning. Because like the Kansas City Chiefs for most of my childhood and life haven't been, they haven't been the Super no. Bowl team, but just because they've been winning a lot, I'm like, ah, it's annoying. But it, it's not based in any actual foundation of it. Hey, but I will say the Travis Kelsey kind of being a part of the Kelsey family with Taylor Swift and those feels like one of the most fun families you could be a part of. It feels yeah. like they're having the time of their lives right now. Well, to everybody, I mean, not to get too into the weeds on T Swift here, but people have been talking about how she's elevated his uh, his his public profile and all that stuff, and that's very true. But I think this the fact that she's dating him has made her seem less like a shape shifting reptile that yes. drinks baby's blood out of a pure chalice. Right. You know what I mean? So like that, the fact that she is is like with just a dude, bro who plays football and seemingly is like, you know, has his own podcast, expresses himself pretty openly. That makes her seem more like a human being. Right. And I will say publicly, of course, you know this, I am team Maddie Healy, her former boyfriend for life. <laughs> for 1975 for life. Um, all right. So, yeah, so that's our parent of the week. I mean, also, t- guys, if you could, you know, in addition to leaving a voicemail, 347-323-3321, any parenting tips, parent of the week stories, you can also... You know, uh, Instagram us at Chrissy. It's Chrissy Chaos Pod or podcast. Chrissy Chaos Pod. Chrissy Chaos Pod on Instagram. You can email us Chrissy Chaos Pod at gmail.com. Any parent of the week uh, stories you may have, you can write at patreon.com slash Christy Comedy. That's really yeah. the way to get a part of the canonized Christians, as we are calling our group now. <laughs> That's the can- great. The That's canonized so Christians only at patreon.com slash Christy Comedy. Um, and, I, you know, and also the Patreon, you can look at the Patreon now as kind of a GoFundMe, if you will, for John's unborn baby. That's right. <laughs> Seriously. Well, and not to, because we're not going to announce it yet, but we have some stuff coming up. Yes. For the Patreon and stuff that we're doing, putting into full production. That is, I mean, it is truly going to knock your dicks in the dirt. Yes, it will. And it's like going to be, the production value is about to go all the way up. So patreon.com slash Christy Comedy. Get in now while it's discounted because if this thing takes off the way we think it's going to take off, uh, it's yesterday's prices. <laughs> Do you guys want to read a few mean comments? Yes. Yeah. I love, yeah, let's end every show with the mean comments. Yeah. You fucking scumbag. <laughs> uh, first it. comment, this is show hate. Devin BP9497, appreciate the feedback. You know this is a comedy podcast, right, guys? Well, comedy is whatever you want it to be. Because right. you know what? Sometimes, like, this may not be, some of the things we're saying may not be funny to Americans, but it's very funny to the people of Kabul, Afghanistan. True. <laughs> Seriously. And here's the thing. I always picture there's got to be one person that finds almost everything funny. Yeah. Yeah. Like, also, like, I did this, you know, and also people who comment on YouTube, it's one of those things, like, they said to me, I did two and a half hours of Bill Maher, and somebody wrote, multiple people wrote, dude, Chris is, like, doing a bit with Bill Maher, and Bill Maher doesn't even get it. I was like, I wasn't doing a bit, I was being me. (laughs) There was no intention of doing a bit. So, but people just assume, the thing is with people, with, with sometimes fans, especially on YouTube, is it's kind of like, you know, when they say... You know, when they criticize, like, you know, an NBA basketball player, say they suck or this isn't funny, it's like, you couldn't even last, you wouldn't last a month in comedy. You have no idea what you're talking about. You're not an expert. You're listening. So when they comment on, like, things like that, it's like, well, you're not, that's, comedy is so subjective. So it's like, yeah, "Yeah, maybe it's not funny to you. Sure. But it has nothing to then... Well, and we've also discussed this where we are going by the Jimmy Carr uh, philosophy of podcasting where totally like this is a comedy podcast. We are attempting to be comedy, to be funny most of the time, but this is also long form and we didn't pre-write any of this. So if you want to see like a killer one hour performance of funny, go see either of us live. That's that's it. Podcasting, there's funny moments, there's serious moments, there's whatever. It kind of, there's free range as you can see. So Sorry. Sorry. Here we go from Dream Dream 2122. Their pants are too tight. It's bothering me. Now that's a valid complaint <laughs> because they're, it's bothering me. It's bothering my nuts. And, yeah. and um, yeah, I think that I think that my pants are too tight. And I'm going to be honest with you because I'm going through winter blues and not feeling the best physically. I have one pair of pants that fits kind of okay. And I will wash them repeatedly until Jasmine makes me wash them. I will wear them repeatedly <laughs> until Jasmine makes me wash them. That's just how it is. And these are these jeans that have ketchup stains and all other types of stains yeah. all over them. My pants are on a three to four day rotation. Yeah. Is as soon as I wear them, they're being worn for the majority of the week. And then the next pair gets kind of 
brought in. It's what happens. All right, this is from F-U-O-S-E-R, Fouser. I love how the intro gets worse every week. There it is. Yeah, and I, and I keep saying live from Slam Magazine later and later in the show. <laughs> yes. But that's good. It's, it's shown behind us. There's yes. no way they're going to miss yeah. that. All right, here we go. This is from at Diana Williams, 6923. Chris, you don't agree with Strickland's opinion. I feel sad for your kids. Who's Strickland? Sean Strickland, the fighter that we talked about last week about when he just screamed about oh, yes, yes, being yes. trans is an infection. Where it's like, listen, we actually, neither of us said we agree or disagree. Yeah, we, just said, we just said, why would you ask him a question? Yeah, yeah, you, yeah I think you misinterpreted my response. I, I, I didn't say if I agree or disagree at all, Diana Williams, you fucking. <laughs> but also, it's probably great that neither of us consider other human beings an infection. Yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't <laughs> you know. say that. Here we go. You read this one. Oh, this is good. This is from Trazo. Uh, Mike is a podcast killer, as in he kills any podcast he's a part of. There you go. Yeah, I Trazo. Agree. I agree, especially the ones I've started and ended on my own volition. Yeah. <laughs> Kill them all. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. We got one more coming up. This is, by the way, every, right, you know, hateful, even if, you know, maybe once in a while we'll do something nice, but yeah. At Comri 11, how do rich comics sleep at night? They don't. That's right. That's right. why I get a full 10 hours. Yep. <laughs> uh, I, I don't, I, I will say some of my peers who are, you know, much further ahead of me that are going on world tours and all that. Like, I know how much money they make on the first tour. I don't know that I could be the guy who could consistently keep going on the road, even if it meant so much more money. Like, I am realizing I'm a guy who just wants to kind of do nothing. And, and the anxiety and pressure I feel on a daily basis to have to do stand-up at night or even this podcast becomes so overwhelming that I'm hoping to God I either get hit by a bus and barely survive and walk away with $150 million and a limp, or I just hit it really, really big on a special or a movie or a TV show or this podcast, and then I could just quietly fade into the background with money That's that idea. my kids can have where I've done the best I could for them. Because to keep this up for another 20 years is beyond daunting. If, if you really, if there are listeners that really hate me and hate my involvement on this show, make me famous. Yep. Because if you made me famous, I would so disappear within 18 months into the woods, go full Kaczynski, and nobody would hear from me again. And is that not motivation enough? That's what you wanted. Otherwise, I'm sticking around and trying yes. forever. Yep. Deal with it. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, thanks for listening. ChrisDComedy.com for stand-up dates. MikeCannonComedy.com for stand-up dates. We are both on the road. The after show for this episode is at Patreon.com slash ChrisDComedy. Uh, we're going to be talking about lots of things over there. Some of the stuff we had to edit out will be fully up there with uh, no bleepies. And, uh, yeah, we just get that's kind of where we go to get radicalized. And if you want to become a canonized Christian, the only way to get baptized is at Patreon.com slash ChrisDComedy. Clip that. <laughs> that, is, that was the best.